Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. Now here's the message. This idea of like, I got on this thing, this life with Jesus, uh, and then a couple times I like just tripped off, or sometimes I just jumped off because it didn't make sense. It got hard. My friends did, like abandoned me, so I was like, well, I'm going to abandon Jesus. Other times I can understand my, my dad died of cancer, and then, uh, God, you didn't do what I thought you should do, and then you end up doing exactly what that video is. Except the book of Hebrews goes, there's these men and women that are in this hall. They're in this, this kind of like this great hall of faith. And they, he lists off their names. And by faith, they do all of these amazing things. And I think so many times we think, well, I'm going to be a great faith-filled person. And then real life hits. And then you fall off. And I just want God to use his word today to call us to be a faith-filled church. Uh, and faith is scary. No one ever told me that, but faith is scary. If you're the only person in a room that has faith, everyone doesn't like you. It offends them for some reason because they're like, why don't you just play the safe game with us? And you're like, I would rather die than play the safe game. I'm wired for this message. I love this message. But at the same time, I, you know, in the back of my head, I have the teachings of Jesus, which is like if you have seed or faith is the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. But I would love to see a lot more Christians moving mountains, a lot less Christians hugging balance beams, and a lot more of the Spirit of God being poured out through your lives, the kingdom of God coming in your work. And that all comes through one word, faith, faith, faith. And it is the most simple concept, and then it's the most difficult concept. Uh, and so we're going to look at Hebrews 11. If you have a Bible, go there. I want to explain what we're doing today, why we're doing it, uh, and hopefully you'll go with us. But as you get a Bible, there are some along the wall. What we're doing today is intentionally we did a song of worship, and I'm going to talk short. I've said that before in my life promise I'm going to do it. And then we're going to lean into this longer form of communion. So if some of you are like, ah, there's a reason for that and we'll get about it because there's some faith we want to live out. There's some, there's some faith I want you to bring to the table. Uh, the communion tables are actually in the back today that when you come to that table and you eat that bread and you drink that juice with faith, maybe healing will happen. Maybe power will come. Maybe peace will come. So don't think just weird manifestation. Think God's gonna do something today because I'm gonna go to a table that's for communion that's gonna eat his body and drink his blood and I expect to encounter the Son of God. That's faith. And so as we get into Hebrews 11, I wanna read it. This stand is the worst stand that has ever been standed. Just one. There we go. There we go. Praise God. Okay. And so... If I was to ask you, it's just a simple question, but it provokes me, what has your faith made you do this last week? What did it produce? What did it drive you to do? Did you pray for anybody? And that's not the measure of faith, the things, but if we're gonna get into the book of James next week and it's gonna say some hard stuff, it's gonna say faith without works is, 
So if we say we have faith and there's nothing going on, it doesn't move me to pray, it doesn't move me to love, it doesn't move me to serve, it doesn't move me at all, you could make a correlation that maybe the faith isn't as big as my mouth. And I know you, I, I see faith in this church. Bless the faith. I bless the faith that I see in here. Even you coming in this room is kind of an act of faith. We're gathering in the name of Jesus. I don't control him. I'm underneath him. I want him to show up, but I can't make him do anything. So there's faith being exercised in this room. And when faith soars, I think you see God reward that faith. So can we just read Hebrews 11? Uh, it, we're not gonna read the whole thing because there's a lot of by faiths in the Hebrews 11. By faith, Abram, by faith, Isaac, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. So Hebrews 11, verse one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So you have two words that should pop out to you. Number one, assurance. I am assured that my faith in Jesus Christ is not just a blind step out into the dark. It is a faith. I'm putting weight. I'm putting trust. I have an assurance that the word of God is going to be fulfilled. That I will see my Savior face to face one day. And I have put my faith, and you know it, because the way that I live my life, the way that I spend my money, the way that I spend my time, the shows that I will not watch, all changed based on that faith declaration. So what's changed? What's, what's the assurance? Are you walking in the assurance of faith? Because if we put our faith in Jesus, we're putting our faith in, Jesus Christ said he'd never leave me or forsake me, which means he's with me right now. Which means he's with you. Which means his spirit's in you, the Bible says. Which means no matter where you go, tire dealership or wherever, who's with you? That's a faith thing. Now, it also says this is a conviction of things that are not seen. Now, in America, we love things that are seen and touchable. We have a very anti-supernatural mindset in our churches. If it's invisible and you can't touch it, it must not be real. That's not a biblical mindset. The biblical mindset is this all, this stuff, this thing is temporary. All that, the stuff you can't see, is forever. So set your minds there, not here. So if we once again, we're going to Chipotle or wherever, let's go to Taco Bell, that feels right. And we get ourselves to that Tata Crunch, and we sat face to face, I'd go, how's your faith? How's your faith? Or there's other moments that happen, because sometimes you're doing it, man. You're like, oh, I prayed this morning. I got my quiet time. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Satan, Satan, drops that bow. And you're like, oh, my faith. So how's your faith? Did the diagnosis, did it punch your faith? Did the job loss, karate chop your faith? Did Satan somehow convince you that your faith's not big enough? How's your faith? And I say all this because he's about to say in this next chunk, four to seven, something very profound. It's simple, but it's like, it's changed my life. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable, acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, 
And though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. I'm going to stop right there. It's all, we're going to keep reading here. Enoch, the couple guys in the Bible that have never died, he's one of them. Why did God be like, oh, I see Enoch. You mind? Why did he do that? One word, faith. And what did that faith produce in God? It pleased him. He liked it. He liked Enoch. He liked Enoch so much, he was like, you're not going to die today, my boy. Whoop. And then he was not. Who wants to go that way? Yes, <laughs> right? I'd rather not do the whole like slow, like peaceful thing. I just want to, God just like, cherry to fire or something. Let's go. But it all was rooted in one thing, faith. He believed God. He trusted God. If God said it, Enoch liked it. This pleased the God of heaven. And in verse six, that's the weight. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That verse changed my life. That one. I've quoted that verse more in the last two years than any other verse in the Bible. This verse, I love the book of Hebrews because of that verse. So let's break it down. Without faith, it's what? Impossible. What's the word impossible mean, English teachers? Not possible. <laughs> you can't do it. Without it, you can't please God. So you could do all the religious activity and pray all the right words and do all the religious rites and have all the creeds memorized and serve the poor till you die and give away your money and all that you are but without what? Faith. You won't please God in it. So how important is faith? Uber, very, lots of important. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever, and I like the word whoever, that's anybody. That's Joe Schmo, that's pastor, that's the Pope, that's whoever, whoever would draw near to God. Who wants to be near God? Please everyone, right? Like, I wanna be near him. I wanna know him. I wanna walk with him and talk with him. I want to draw near to him. If Moses can meet with God in a tent of meaning as a friend does face to face, I wanna be that man. Do you want to be that man or woman? Then it will require faith. And it will require, if you want to draw near, you must, number one, this is going to be really funny, you must believe that he exists. Some of us come to God in prayer. Some of us come here as if this God is just an idea that we're holding to with our eyes closed, hoping. No, I, I know him. He exists. He spoke and all that was is now. He is the one that incarnated on the earth and died my death. I believe my Savior lives and sits upon a throne. He is good. And when I come to him, it is, I, I come here a lot. And I'm going to share with you my pastor's heart. I leave Sunday sometimes kind of disappointed and mad at God. Am I allowed to say that to you? I come on Saturday nights and pray here. And every time I pray that God would encounter you. I mean, like, you wouldn't be able to get off the ground, that you would know the love of God, that you would be like, I am loved and treasured. And when it doesn't happen, I'm like, 
So I'll deal with God. He'll deal with me for sure. That's the right way. He'll deal with me. But my faith, like, and I can feel it sometimes when I pray for healings for somebody and it doesn't happen, I can feel Satan go, see, you shouldn't have faith. And I'm like, not today, Satan. And I hit him with my shield. Uh, faith is hard to maintain and very easy to lose, it seems. But no one tells you that. It seems like you come to church and everyone's like, I'm so faithful. I saved 17 orphans this week. And you're like, what? I barely could pray this week. I feel kind of depressed. This is not as easy as I thought it would be, right? But he says, if you want to draw near to God, you've got to believe that he exists. And this is the beauty. He rewards those who what? Who seek him. Some versions say earnestly seek him. And so if you are feeling far away from God, seek him. Don't stop. Um, I find that people get mad at you for seeking God because you'll, you get weird. I get weird. I have found nothing better than being with him. And when people tell me that I can know God and then I'm like, you mean like I know you? They're like, oh, no, don't take it too far. I'm like, what do you mean then? Like, can I talk to him? Yes. Can he talk to me? Hold the phone. Whoa. Whoa. Can, can I feel his presence? Yeah, but like, don't like play it. I'm like, no, can we know God? Then let's seek him. Let's seek him and seek him and seek him. And once again, I don't control him, but I position my heart every morning because I want to find him. He's not lost to me and I'm not lost to him, but I want to become aware of God. I want to know what he's thinking about while I'm making copies in the office. When I'm uptown at Kefenia, I want to know what he has to think about the barista so I can tell her what the God of heaven and earth thinks about her. I want to join God who we say we can know. And the way that that happens, if we want to draw near to him, seek him. Don't let anybody dissuade you. Don't let anybody tell you you're spending too much time in the Bible. Don't let anybody tell you you shouldn't take another prayer walk. Don't let anybody stop you because the religious spirit will try to stop you. Don't stop. If you have to sit, I've said this so many times, I told God once, if I have to sit in this chair for 24 hours, I won't move and I won't eat, but I get you, I'll do it. Somebody's gonna, like, we gotta be a church that's like, I want God. Do you want God? then you'll have to exercise some faith because without faith, he's not pleased. But with faith, apparently you can be like Enoch and one day you just won't be and we'll be like, where's Sam? He's with God. Like, he'll just be gone, you know what I mean? I like using you as an example these days. I don't know why. I'll use somebody else. Mike, he's just with God. Do you have faith? And would anybody else know it? Do you feel that? Because like in the quiet of my chair at home, I'm like, I believe. And then I get into public and I'm like, and that's okay. This is a process. And I'm not mad at you and neither is God. That's the beauty of this. Because he says, who rewards who? Who's doing the rewarding? God, what? Rewards those who do what? Seek him. And I don't think it's money. And I don't think it's like, just a feeling, I don't know what this is. Uh, <laughs> I think God rewards those who seek him with himself. 
He's the best thing. What else do we want? Except we're convinced that what we really want is to be safe. Woo! Balance beam almost got me. We want to be safe. We want to walk this thing out in the most logical order possible. And I don't want to make any ripples. And I say, no, no, no. Go in faith this week. Do it. I'm almost 40 years old. You have little to no time left. I'm 40. I'm about halfway done, I think. I'm planning to check out at 80. Sorry, guys. If you're like, I'm 65. I don't want to do that. That's fine. You check out when you want to. I want to follow God with faith all the days of my life. When they write, when these things get written down in heaven, I want it to say, by faith, Mike Shea prayed every day that the Holy Spirit would come, and he did. I want to see in that book every day, but by faith, Jeremiah served, and God was honored, and God was pleased. By faith, Suzanne, by faith, Diane, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Walk out your faith. Go in faith. Serve in faith. Die in faith. Go in faith. It pleases God. And what the world wants you to do is keep your faith quiet, keep it safe. Keep it secret, keep it safe. Like that's, that's Lord of the Rings. That was ADD. All right, so <laughs> how's our faith, church? Or has it taken too many punches and have we resolved ourselves to that video? That video convicts me every time. And I'm like, I'm not gonna hug the balance beam this week. And then what happens? I hug the balance beam because I get scared or people don't like me or Satan convinces me that that's all that Christianity is. But I look at this hall of faith and I go, that's not all it is. He says in verse 39, and all these though commended through their faith did not receive what was promised since God has provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So God looks at all these Old Testament saints in the hall of faith, all the ones you read about in Sunday school and felt boards and he goes, I commend you for your faith. But they didn't see the fullness of the thing they were hoping for. You know what we have now? Everything they were hoping for. And you know what we do now? We look back at them and go, oh boy, I wish I had what they had. And you know what they're doing in heaven? Going, no, moron, you've got it. You have Jesus Christ and all his promises. You have the word of God. You have the very resurrection power of Jesus in your spirit. You know the Lord. And most of the time we walk around going, nothing close to that declaration. Living nothing close to that declaration because we've been convinced, I don't know, by the world or by the church or by our own flesh that we're just gonna hug the thing. Can we stop hugging the thing? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so I'm gonna land this thing and we're gonna go into communion, but we're gonna give you one last verse because some of you are like, well, by faith, Abraham did this, but I'm not Father Abraham. By faith, Sarah did this, by faith. And it's all these amazing people. It says at the end of this chapter, by faith, you have Gideon and Samson and Barak and all these guys. And it says another group. And they're all nameless, if you'll notice. They don't have names. Meaning there are a whole bunch of people that no one knew their name, but they exercised faith and God had what they did written down. And the writer of Hebrews goes, some of them were sawn in two. Some of them were fed to lions. Some of them walked around in rags but God looked at their face, faith and he was pleased. So it's not about, oh, I'm not as important as Father Abraham. Either am I. 
We're not Moses, but we are an adopted people of God saved by the blood of Jesus, which means you're a son or daughter if you're here and you belong to the Lord. So what should you do with this? Okay, there's these saints. They've done their thing. Here I am feeling a little convicted. Thanks for the balance beam thing, Andrew. What do I do? Hebrews 12, verse 1, verse 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. All of that's true. Now, Anybody in here, can you see Jesus with your physical eyeball seated on a throne right now? If you can, let's talk. That's some cool contacts. You can't though, right? So we're gonna take some of this by faith. I, by faith, right now, believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead, conquered sin, death, and made me a son of God and transferred me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. And that that same savior rose and said, I'll be back one day and is seated on a throne and he is interceding. means he's talking to the father on my behalf and yours. He's going, he's righteous because I made him that way, father. Help him out. He needs help. Amen. He needs help. But he tells us some specific things. Since we're surrounded by these people and I don't think, I don't think the saints of old are too preoccupied. I don't think they're up on the edge of heaven going, man, Lindsay, she needs some help. You know what I mean? I think they're more enthralled with God. What he's saying is you have this witness. You have a whole list of people that did it. And if you could talk to Abraham right now, when he left the country that he was from and moved because of faith, he would tell you it was worth it. If you talk to Moses, leading that people, that stubborn Jewish people through the wilderness and you get to meet him in heaven, was it worth it? It was worth it. Every single saint would go run with Jesus, have faith in Jesus, don't give up, keep your faith. But he tells us also two things, lay aside also every weight. Anybody run track? Anybody track people? Wow, super unfit, how dare you. Anybody jog? Anybody jog? Okay, now picture you're just jogging and for whatever reason you decide to put on a weight vest. I've done that, CrossFitters are stupid. So why would you do that, right? You're like, well, not only am I gonna put a weight vest on, I'm gonna carry two kettlebells. Why would you do that? Not only that, I'm gonna tie a sled with 100 pounds on it so I can pull that, liver king, you know what I mean? Why? And he's going, you're called to not just walk, you're called to run with your faith. Run this race, run with endurance, which means this, isn't, this ain't a sprint, and I love to sprint. I love to go about 100 yards and then stop or throw up, depending on which you know, mood I'm in. God says, I want you to lay aside every weight. And some of the things that you all are carrying are not helping you draw near to God. They're not helping you seek God, and they're not growing your faith. Now, I'm gonna push on one that it won't feel like this, some of you are so set on your entertainment needs, so like, you're like, I can't seek God, but you watch two hours of Netflix every night. Is that too close to home? Am I, are you? 
So you'll say, I want to know God and I want to draw near to him, but I can't turn that off. Oh, no. I call that a weight. So what would it look like if we took seriously this desire? And I do think most people I meet have an honest desire to know God. Like, I meet with a lot of people. They're like, I want to know God. And I'm like, how serious are you? Well, maybe for a season, I dare you for this week not to watch Netflix, not to turn the TV on at all. You don't have to come Amish. You don't have to be out there with snippers with your power lines. Be like, honey, I'm turning it off. You know, you don't have to do that, all right? I'm just saying, what would it look like to say, I don't want anything hindering me from running with Jesus this week? So what's hindering you? What weights have you put on? And maybe it's not just like a weight you feel put on. You just, maybe it's anxiety. Like you're just constantly carrying, oh, I gotta do this parenting thing perfectly. Oh, and I, I'm really not that great of a husband. And uh, uh, what about money? What if you actually dropped that stuff and trusted God with it? What if? And then you ran in faith. God's gonna take care of my kids. He gave them to me on purpose. He loves them more than I do. Now, do I have some improvements as a parent to be made? If my kids were here, Noah would say yes right now. Can I be a better husband? You're like, no, perfect. Thanks, guys. Are finances a stressful thing? Yeah, but they can be a weight around my neck that makes me not look at Jesus. And it, it, Literally, it's like a weight around my neck that pulls me and makes me look at the earth. And I'm like, cut all those weights and stare at heaven. But he also says, lay aside every weight and then lay aside, because it doesn't say lay aside, it says lay aside every weight and sin. And some of you are just like, you just, I don't know what it is, you like to just toe sin. And, and, and I think the Lord today would say, hey, a lot of these ways that we show off our faith is not so much overt sharing of the gospel or overt power healing or overt things. It's, I don't say the F word anymore, guys. Why? Because I have faith in the Son of God that he wants me to be holy because he's holy. I, I don't watch certain movies anymore. Not because I'm a prude or maybe I, I don't know. Uh, because I want to be holy. Because I want to honor the Lord and my faith dictates that this will not be a place that that lives along with his spirit. So what sin is entangling you? And he says it actually clings so closely. Do you feel that? I feel that. It's like some days you kick that sin in the face and you're like, not today. And then you wake up and all of a sudden you're like, when did you come back in the house? It clings so closely. You know why? Because you're there. Because you because you have a body and a mind and a flesh and you still exist in this world on an earthly plane. And until the day you meet Jesus, you'll still have to cut a, throw aside the sin that so easily entangles and then you'll have to do one thing, run. Run with faith. Run with endurance. Anybody tired, don't raise your hand. If you're like 30 to 40, you're tired. Maybe if, I, if you're 20 to 80, you're tired. Is that better? Everybody feel better now seeing? Like, he sees me. We're just tired, right? Our faith gets tired, and God wants to, like, literally clear faith. If you walked by faith that Jesus was with you this week, would everything change? Then maybe it's time that everything changed. Maybe it's time we stopped. We're just doing this now, guys. 
Mmm, I love church. It's so nice. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to try to stand up together and walk this thing out right now, okay? And here's the thing. We might fall off, but we're going to get back on and go, God, by faith, I'm going to pray for healing today. And I might not see it for a thousand times, but I have seen it. I'm going to share my faith 2,000 times, and not everybody will get saved, but I'm going to keep speaking. I might, I might show up at all sorts of moments in my life and not see what I think I'm supposed to see, but by faith, I'm gonna keep doing the things that Jesus calls me to do. Will you do that too? So here's what it's gonna look like, and I'm gonna invite the band up as I'm doing this, but we're gonna enter into this longer communion time. And if you're a parent with kids, I wanna talk to you, and if you're new to this place, I do wanna talk to you, because this will feel, it'll feel like, this is not my safe balance beam. That's intentional. Number one, you are not the decider for us of what this should look like. There's somebody way better than you telling us what to do. His name's Jesus, the Jesus. And we do, we pray a lot about, hey, we're not trying to make them uncomfortable. We're not trying to make this a place you don't like to be. Parents, we're not trying to make your life hard on purpose. What we wanna do is be a church. We felt like God was like, I want you to bring communion, the table, to the middle. Make it important, make it weighty, make it what it's supposed to be. And so what we're gonna do is spend as much time as we, the rest of this service, so I think that's 40 minutes, but I can't count, uh, worshiping, praying, confessing sin. If there's sin that's entangling you, the easiest way to start cutting off those, those weeds is to confess, is to drag it out in the light and watch it shrivel. And so we're gonna enter into this just with this, this faith. I started reading about communion a couple months ago and I was just like, some of it's from uh, Francis Chan, some of it's from some deeper theologians and they're just going, we're seeing God start to do a thing where the church is done with entertainment and it's done with trying to appease people and it's going, we're just gonna do what God told us to do and God told us that whenever we get together, we should do this in remembrance of him. So we're gonna take bread and we're gonna take juice. They're from Kroger. I always say they're not magic, but there is power. There's power in joining Jesus. So the bread represents the body of Jesus broken on a cross. The blood, literally his blood's pouring out and that is the thing that we're declaring. I belong to Jesus. And then when you come to the table today, you are coming to Jesus. Can you go with some faith? And I don't care if it's this big. But the, the testimonies I'm hearing is people take communion, they get healed. People take communion and the love of God washes over them. People take communion and all of a sudden shame is stripped off of them. People take communion and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel peace for the first time in so long. So what is that? That's not bread and juice. That's the one it signifies. That's Jesus Christ, by faith, doing what he says he will do in his people. So can I position you? I just wanna put you in a place of prayer. So if you need to close your eyes, that'd be great. A couple things I already forgot. If, if you're a kid, kid, look at me. Can you stay in this room? 
Like, you can walk around. Parents, I'll let you tell them the rules, but mom and dad, I don't care if they play cards on the ground. I don't care if they do praise laps. But kids, look at me. No yelling and don't leave the room. That's the only rules. All the kids are like, (laughs) that's fine. I also will say this. If after you take communion, you're like, I think I'm ready to go, you can leave. So everybody, you could even say it out loud. You don't have to, but whisper. Freedom is real. It's real. There's freedom now in this room to get prayer. There's freedom in this room now to pray for somebody. There's freedom in this room to just sit. I don't think God's real interested in the words of your mouth. I think he's interested in your heart. So I want to put you before God. And then our communion tables are actually in the back today. And that's so we're just going to worship. We're just going to worship and for until we're done. And so when you're ready, and I would not go fast. It doesn't need to be a line. You can go back there. Elders, do you want to go ahead and make your way back there? We also have some prayer tables there, prayer tables there. There's this self-serve one. So if you're a family and you're just like, I don't really need the elders to pray for us. I want to pray over my family. Take me, you can do that here. If you're gluten-free, we got you. All right? If you're not gluten-free, don't dip, dip non-gluten-free bread in that juice because apparently that will get them and they will be bad. Can we have fun? Can we enjoy God together? Can we worship Jesus with faith? Can we pray in faith? Can we confess our sins in faith? Can we all do just be the body? And then, hey, if you literally, you're like, as soon as I say amen, you're like, I'm out of here. Bless you. God loves you, man. But whatever you do this week, do it in faith. Jesus, I invite the Holy Spirit. Make us aware of you. I thank you that it's not about the measure of our faith. It's about who you are, and our faith is in you, Jesus Christ. You're the author and the perfecter of our faith. So I right now, Father, I ask that in the name of Jesus, you would author a greater level of faith in this church. And you would begin to perfect that faith. You begin to grow that faith. You would even, Holy Spirit, blow like a wind. Faith. And that you would use this body this week to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring the gospel to people that have never heard it. I thank you for this moment to be a family in Christ to worship you, to confess our sins, to take your body and your blood and to declare to the heavens that we belong to Jesus. Will you do whatever you want to do right now, God? Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.